0: I love often to be in a a sanctuary where when you get done worshiping like that, you can just be still and feel the presence of the Lord. It's a a great feeling. I mean, I don't get that throughout the course of the week. I could go to my prayer closet but not really feel... that same spirit that you get when you're with God's children and in His family. It's amazing. As we've been doing this series of messages, I want to conclude this week with the last portion. The seed must leave. But before we get there, I want us to do our Bible decree. Thank God that we have the Bible because we are going to use our Bibles today. Amen? So welcome to this Bible study. Alright, let's take our Bible. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Hallelujah. It's, it's exciting to be able to still hold the Word of God and with what you watch and what you see in our world today, we need to claim and stand and be firm, make it sure in our hearts and in our lives that we need the Word of God because without the Word of God, we have nothing. Yes, we can heart His words in our heart, but it's very, very important to have the Word with us. And so as as we go into this message this morning. The seed must lead. You know, this is a perfect time of year where people come together and they're planting seeds. They're they're putting flower beds in and they're they're doing all the cool stuff in their yards. And especially with this shelter in place, I realize that we're doing more landscaping. Lowe's has made multi-million dollars. Menards has made multi, multi-millions of dollars. And Home Depot is making a couple bucks. Just kidding. You can tell I like Lowe's and Menards. But, uh, but with that being said, the place is always full. How many of you have been to Lowe's and you have to stand outside? They want people to social distance. So many people in the store. We've had to stand outside because of uh, too many people that are actually in the store. I know this week is, it's exciting to think that the seed within us that God has created in our DNA is that our hair continually grows. And many people have already contacted their barbers and their beauticians and their family and friends. And anybody that knows how to use a pair of clippers and scissors, they're getting their hair done. My wife says to me today, honey, I don't know what I would have done if I would have had to have gone three months without my hair getting cut. I said, "Honey, I could have taken care of it for you." <laughs> I and, and by the way, this haircut, I, I did allow my wife to take scissors to my hair, and uh, and clippers. Thank you. And uh, she did a good job. And uh, here here's the comical thing. This has nothing to do with the message, but that's okay. Welcome to New Hope. And uh, but here's the cool part of it. I love that I gave her. Pinking shears. Big old scissors to cut my hair. They weren't scissors. Is that what they're called? What kind of scissors? Aren't those for material? Isn't that pinking shears? Whatever. I don't know. Then he said, cut away. Here's the clippers. I need a hard part. And uh, do what you got to do. Get the lawnmower out. The weed whip. I don't know what it is. Just get rid of some of this stuff. Hey, and you know since I turned 50 over the last month, my hair's gone gray, just like that. It's amazing how that works. And, uh, and I've noticed because I always keep my hair short that how many of you notice this too? I mean, you've got this one gray wisp this way and that way. Why is gray hair so unimaginable? I mean, I thought that gray hair was wisdom, wisdom. And I mean, it just brings out the distinguished character within you, the seed from within just starts to burst out of you. Just kidding. Anyhow, so I just want to applaud all of you, congratulate all of you, that uh, you won't come back to church here at the beginning of June looking like Chewbacca. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, that everybody's going to look different than they do now. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. Let's get right into the message today. Our Christian life is hindered due to selfishness. As long as you are focused on what you want or what you need, you will never experience God's best. But if you really want to thrive you must learn to be a giver. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, you can turn with me if you if you'd like. If not, that's fine. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, it says this. Be de, be not deceived; God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also Reap. Isn't it amazing how, you know, we, we wonder why we don't have anything because we don't sow anything. We don't drop seeds. We can't reap a harvest if you're not giving. You have to let go to let God. And you've heard me say that. And so it's very, very important. You know, the Bible also says, given it shall be given unto you with good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You know, that's what giving's all about. That's the cool part about giving. All through the Bible, we find the principle of sowing and reaping. Just as a farmer must plant some seed if he hopes to reap the harvest, we too must plant some good seeds in the fields of our families and our careers and our business and in our personal relationships. What if the farmer decided that he didn't really feel like planting, that he was just too tired, So he felt led to sit around and hope the harvest would come in. He'd be waiting around his whole life. No, he must get the seed in the ground. That's the principle that God has established for each and every one of us. In the same way, if we want to reap good things, we too must sow some good seeds. Notice, we reap what we sow. If you want to reap happiness, you have to sow some happiness. Seeds by making other people happy. If you want to reap financial blessings, you must sow financial seeds in the lives of others. If you want to reap friendships, you should sow a seed and be a friend. The seed always has to lead. To have a friend, you must show yourself friendly. I once had a neighbor... That I currently have. I said to my wife. Do you ever wonder why there's no one ever at their house? I'll tell you why. Because they never sow seeds. When you're mean and cantankerous. Like an old mule. You'll never reap friendships. If you're never friendly, you'll never have friends. And I told my wife just this week, I said, it saddens me that so many people don't have those kind of relationships because they're not pouring into other people. You have to deposit love and kindness, generosity into the lives of people if you think you're going to get it back. I don't want to die a mean Angry, old, cantankerous mule. I want to die happy. Like Patty says here at our church, I just love joy. I could do twirlies just because I love to be happy. Don't you want people to know that you're happy? That you have joy in your heart? It says this, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And the reason many people aren't growing is because they are not sowing. They are living self-centered lives. Unless they change their focus and start reaching out to others, they will probably remain in that condition. Maybe you feel you have too many hang-ups. Maybe you feel like you have too many hurts or too many habits, too many problems. If you want God to solve your problems, help solve somebody else's problems. Get some seed in the ground. The word narcissism has been brought up quite a bit around my family lately. Not that they're saying I am, but dealing with people and issues. You see it throughout our country through leadership. In biblical times, a great famine struck the land of Canaan. People didn't have any food or water and they were in desperate need. So Isaac did something that... People without sight may have thought rather odd. In the middle of that famine, Isaac sowed seed in the land. And in the same year, he received 100 times what he planted, and the Lord rewarded him greatly. In his time of need, Isaac didn't wait around expecting someone else to come to his rescue. No, he acted in faith. He rose up in the midst of that famine and sowed a seed. God supernaturally multiplied that seed and brought it, and it brought him out of his Need. I'll never forget this was 20 years ago, and it was 9 11. And then there was a time such as this when we're in a, in a recession. We understand that in this world there was war that was taking place, and just in a matter of one month, I lost a bunch of accounts. People became panicked. They said we have to watch our budget, watch what we're spending. And so who's the first person to let go? The cleaning company, the janitorial service. See, that's just an extra added benefit. And I remember going home and when I got some of the phone calls, I was home and then throughout that week I was out working and so on and so forth. And and I'll never forget that moment because I just... Pulled over, and I was in my my car at the time. I think it was the van. And I just said, God, what do I do from here? And I'll never forget the words of the Lord. Do not be deceived. For whatsoever you sow, that you will also reap. Well, you know, I was having a great time basking in my... Misery. My sadness. But it was at that time in my life and at that moment that I went home, I got on my knees. And I said, God, when I get up from this floor, I claim prosperity. I claim new accounts. I claim that You are going to provide Not all the things that I want, but my needs according to your riches and glory. And when I stand up from this spot, I'm going to be different than I was when I got down here and I knelt. And it was at that defining moment that God said, well then get up and get out and start marketing. So I said, okay. So I got up, I got out, and I started marketing. What was I doing? I was planting seeds for our cleaning business to every company. They didn't even know they needed a cleaning company. But I convinced them that they needed one. And I dug and I dug for every bit of dirt I could to show them that they needed somebody there to improve employee morale. I didn't hand them a business card. Why would you ever hand anybody a business card? You don't hand them a business card. They will lose your business card. You are the same as everybody else. I said, oh, no, I'm not. I'm a child of the Most High God, remember? And so are you. And through this pandemic, if you have felt that you've lost some business and things have been unsure and it's been a rocky road for you, I want you to know that God wants to provide for you. You just have to go to Him and ask Him. That's our God. That's who He is. He loves you, He cares for you, and He wants to provide for you. So guess what I did? I went home, and the next day, Becky said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going marketing. I have a family to take care of. Well, it was during that time that God showed Himself real. And it was one company took us on. Then another company took us on. But but the difference was this. There were an awful lot of farmers out there. I mean... Before 9-11, I was like one of ten janitorial custodial companies that were out there. After 9-11, everybody that had lost their job said, I know how to use a rag and some cleaner, and I'm going to start my own cleaning company. And so here I was, not just out as one company, against 10, 11. Now we're one against 100. 100. So now, my prices are slashed, and now I'm working harder to provide for my family. But I didn't give up. And I said, God, you know what? I know Your, your Word is true. I know that You are faithful. And I know that as long as I leave, not just that small little business card, that big eight 85 by 11 piece of paper that was as bright red as my wife's pants she had on today. Because they weren't going to lose me, I made sure of that. Because when I walked out of their office, all that white paper that was on their desk, all those business cards that were on their desk, I turned around, guess what I saw? That red piece of paper. One lady called me and she says, well, I need you to come in here. And I said, well, I'm glad that, you know, this was like a month ago I was in here. And she goes, I said, I'm glad that you just didn't misplace. She goes, how can I misplace your company? It's bright red. That was my whole idea. I wanted to reap the harvest of sowing seed. I wanted to make sure that what I was doing was profitable. That there was something coming out from it. You have the great potential as well. If you want to make an impact on people's lives, it starts with you. I don't care what happened with Gramps and Grams. I don't care what happened with Mom and Dad and Mom and Pops and everybody else. It starts with you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to come and say, God, here I am. Use me. Create in me a clean spirit, O God. Let me be like you in all your ways, as the psalmist says. I'm going to take you on a little journey. Genesis chapter 26, verse 1. Genesis chapter 26, verse 1. And we're going to talk about the seed. Here is where we read that there was a great famine in the land, a great recession such as this. As there was in Abraham's day, God spoke to Abraham at age 75 years of age in chapter 12 of Genesis and told him to go to the land which I shall show you. He went and did as the Lord commanded. And here's what it says in Genesis chapter 26, verse 1. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go now not down in Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell of thee. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee, for unto thee, and unto thy, what? Seed. I will give all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swore unto Abraham thy father. Now what I want you to do is I want you to go to chapter 12, verse 7. Chapter 12, verse 7. Hopefully by the end of this sermon that you'll have an idea of the value of the seed. Genesis chapter twelve, verse seven, and the Lord appeared unto Abra, Abram and said unto thy seed, unto thy descendants will I give this land, and there buildeth he an altar unto the unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And then in verse ten, if you'll jump down, and there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down unto Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. Now we're going to go to chapter 13, verses 14 through 17. Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 through 17. And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which you seest to thee will I give it to you, and to your seed Forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto you. Isn't that awesome? That God God's given him a commandment to walk it, to plant, and harvest starts to come. Verse 18, Then Abram removed his tent, and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. And then in chapter 15, verses 1 and 5, it says, And these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield, thy exceeding great reward. Let's just read all the way down. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is the Eleazar of Damascus. Abram said, Behold to me, you have given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but thou shalt come forth, and out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad, and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your seed be. And then over in verse 18 it says, And in the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. And then we go to verse chapter 17, verse 1. I told you we'd have a fun day here journeying through the word. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am, I love that, I love when I see that in the scripture, I am the Almighty God. And said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply you exceedingly. And so it goes down through here as he talks about the signs that he gives to Abraham. He goes from Abram to Abraham and he establishes a covenant. And then he gives Sarah. She bears a son and his name is Isaac. And he will establish the covenant for an everlasting covenant. And in verse 19, in the latter part, it says, and with his seed after him. In Genesis chapter 21, verse 12. Genesis chapter 21, verse 12. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of thy bondwoman, and all that Sarah has said unto you. Hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Amazing, isn't it? Now we're going to go to Genesis chapter 22, verses 12 through 18. We'll conclude with this part of the message. Genesis chapter 22, verses 12 through 18 says, And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him God showed provision. A ram caught in the thicket, By his horns, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. In verse 14, and Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. It shall be seen. The Lord, this place, Jehovah-Jireh, literally means the Lord will provide. Listen closely. Under this covenant or under this agreement, God promised to make Israel a great nation, to bless the seed of Abraham, to give him a great name, to make him a blessing, to bless those who blessed him and to curse those that cursed him, to give him the promised land. Now, I want you to listen closely. And know his descendants to be blessed, all of their families, all the earth with a Redeemer. Do you understand where Jesus Christ came from? The seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. Abraham and Isaac were right in the middle of wicked sinners. But God wanted them to live by faith, to live for God and to be pure. And the question I want to ask you today is where are you? Where are you in the midst of this pandemic? Where are you in the midst of this famine? Are you leading your family? Are you leading... Your children and your grandchildren. And a God of faith and our Redeemer who says, listen, because of the seed of Abraham, and I will get to it, nations will be blessed. Not just Jews, but Gentiles also. And if you do not know Jesus Christ and He is not your Lord and Savior, your Redeemer, your Messiah, then would you come to Him today? You have a great responsibility. You have a great responsibility to stop the curse that was before you, to pull down those strongholds and allow the seed of Jesus Christ that is within your heart, you heard me say last week, that is now unlocked, to now start to grow, to be in a church building, to be able to be fertilized, to be encouraged, to be edified by each and every person that you get to come in contact with in the Bride of Christ, the church. How important is it? I know for me that I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I said it before, we are all on the winning side. We are the champions of love. We are here because... God died for us. It's no different today than it was before. God is going to give increase, and I'm claiming it. I am not going to live in fear. I refuse to live in fear. I said last week, these hands are palm olive hands. But these hands do have some bad bacteria on it. (laughs) And for those in this church that clean with me, we know that we've been out there fighting the good fight of faith. We've been attacking the germs from every realm. But I can't live in fear because I know who Jesus Christ is. I know how powerful He is. So I'm grateful that I can stand up here today knowing that I don't have to be in a famine because God Is my provider. That he is taking care of us no matter what. His provisions are here. He even told Abraham, and you know the story, as soon as he got ready to sacrifice his son, God brought provision on the other side of the mountain. He started to provide, and the ram appeared. Maybe you are in some sort of famine today. It could be a financial famine. Or maybe you're simply famished for friends. It's possible you need a physical healing. Perhaps you need peace in your home. Whatever the need, whatever the best things you can do is to get your mind off yourself and help meet somebody else's need. If you're down and you're discouraged today, don't sit around feeling sorry for yourself. Go find Somebody or someone to cheer up. Sow some seeds of happiness. That's the way to receive the harvest. The seed always has to lead. Maybe you're thinking, well, Pastor, this is like a famine. I am hungry. My bank account is empty. What must I do? Claim the covenant. Claim the promise that God made between Abraham and Isaac, and Jacob. Take back the promise that was given. Claim the covenant for your family and live your best, your very best, life today. In Genesis chapter 22, let's go back there. Genesis chapter 22. I've been using the King James Version today. But my, my pages in Genesis are a little bit distorted, my, my binder's going, but I love this Bible, and I have so many notes in here that I've decided to kind of journey through this this book today. But in Genesis twenty two, fifteen through eighteen, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, says the Lord, for because you have done this thing, and you have not withheld your son, your only son that in blessings I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and that that thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba. Isn't that amazing? Because he listened. Because he was faithful. America, the land of the brave and free. Sound like a political leader right now. Maybe I need to point like this. We are in America where we have the great privilege to continue the legacy that came here on this soil, our forefathers, who said, We are one nation under God. Do not stop believing that. Claim it. Stand together as a body. Stand together as Americans and say we stand up for our rights. We stand up for the truth of the word because we know what the Bible says, that even as Abraham was blessed, so shall his descendants be blessed. I am claiming that I am not going to stop what I'm doing. I'm preaching the Word until it's all said, all done, until this life is over and I am finished. I have got to claim the Word and so do you. God made promises to Abraham and his seed about 4,000 years ago. He gave him a promise of a land for an everlasting possession, an innumerable family destruction of their enemies, and blessings on all nations of the earth. When I look at my children, they don't even realize that everything I do, everything that I have done has been for their benefit. When I work, it's for their benefit. When I put together a message, it's for their benefit. That, that is my DNA. That is my physical DNA. That is my ancestry line, the generations that will come after me. Roger and Dolores, I love that you are faithful. I love that you want to leave a legacy for your kids. I love that they can see your steadfastness, your faithfulness. We are not perfect. We are forgiven. But all we're trying to do and to be is a child, a faithful child of the Most High God. And I know that God has promised hope, a future, blessings upon my family. And so I'm going to claim it. I'm going to receive it. And I want you to know, too, that that day that I went out in the business world, that I said I wasn't going to give up, and for many said, oh, you'll never make it. Oh, his business will probably close. Well, again, let me just remind those naysayers the Tackett's Professional Cleaning, the number one janitorial custodial company, Fortune 500 company in Northeastern Ohio. Did I just put a plug in for them? Oh, that's, oh, that's me. I mean, uh, that I was faithful. It's not owned by me. My CEO, his name is Jesus. What I have is not from us. It's from planting seeds. And I mean that with all humility. You cannot grow a business. You cannot grow a church. You can't be lazy and think it's just going to come to you. You have to be a faithful, consistent farmer. Planting, 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 planting. I've had the great privilege to meet some of the greatest people. Leslie Youngs, praise God, she made it through her surgery this past week. Thank you for, for the prayers. Becky and I spoke with her. A couple days ago in the morning she's doing well and I know that she made a comment on our prayer warriors page but I'm thankful for Leslie that she believed that I had the potential as her pastor to take the church 15 years ago when we started the church at 2510 4th Street. And I'll never forget when I started Tackett's Professional Cleaning Company 25 years ago so that we could be a benefit and a blessing to small ministries that could not afford an associate pastor. Don't get me for this, but I'll tell you, teenagers are great workers. I love being a youth pastor. Give them pizza, let them have a good time, they'll work hard for you. How did you build your youth department? I don't know, I took the youth cleaning. We went to our accounts and scrubbed away. It was a great time of fellowship and a great time of hide-and-go-seek. I think I said that in a previous message, but it was great. Those are great memories we have but because God is my CEO. Because Jesus Christ leads our business. I look at it as a ministry. And it has been a ministry. Many of you may never have heard, oh, Todd has a cleaning company. Just this past year, I've started posting things from our company. Because this has been my passion and I never wanted to skew people's vision of my calling. Because my calling is irrevocable. And I realized that when I accepted that calling... Years ago when I was 15 years old, and years ago when I was actually cleaning a company, and I was on that floor and God spoke to me to start New Hope, I knew then what I had to do. And in the midst of that, we've had some famines. We've had times where we've questioned, are we going to make it? Is the church going to make it? We just lost 20 people. Or we've lost 12 people. Or we lost 10 people. But when you start to realize that the church is not yours, or mine, that it's God's, He provides. He'll always rise up people to get His work done. The seed must lead. We just have to be responsible to continue to fertilize it, to be in the Word, to saturate it with prayer, to stand up out of our prayer closets, and to be confident in the Christ that we serve. So who is the seed of Abraham? The seed of Abraham is Christ and His elect. You and me. Let me show you. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to turn to 16. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Now watch closely as the New Testament starts to unfold. We understand in the Old Testament that was Abraham and his descendants. That was the children of Israel. And now here we are, present day, claiming what Paul had to say. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not, and to seeds, plural, as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which... Is Christ. And in verse 21. Let me go over to verse 26. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ. Have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. And if you... Be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Isn't that amazing? Why is it that we don't believe it? It says it right here. And if you're Christ, then you are of Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What was the promise in the Old Testament? That you will be blessed. We can only be blessed when we walk in Him. What does Hebrew chapter 11? Hebrews chapter 11. So what's it say about the the promised land? Let's turn there. Chapter 11 verses 8 through 16. Hebrews chapter 11. Verses 8 through 16. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob. The heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Isn't that good? and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country and truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out of they might have had opportunity to have returned but now they desire a better country that is a heavenly wherefore god is not ashamed to be called their god for he has prepared For them, a city. Isn't it amazing when you look here that He is faithful as He has promised? Why are we worried? Why do we worry? Why do we make all of this pandemic a sense of stress? Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey this morning I heard a, a group singing victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me, He bought me with His redeeming blood. I'm thankful for my Redeemer who has never left me, who has never forsaken me, who is with me and for me and fighting for us. God is in control. Last. Last. What about God's promises of blessings? Romans 1.5 By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for His namesake. Galatians 3.8 says in the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in thee shall all nations be blessed. The seed of must lead. And Christ spoke these words as He concluded His great message at the resurrection. Matthew 21, 31-33 But is touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God saying, I am, I am, I am the great I am. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. And I am the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but He is the God of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at this doctrine. Why are we so astonished? Why are we surprised? We have to realize that He is Jehovah Jireh. That He is Jehovah Nissi. He is the God that provides that He is here for us. And if we want to see the benefits of blessings in our life, then we have to go forward believing and planting seed and realizing that even the seed that's within us, that God has blessed us. We've lost faith. We've lost our hope. And church may encourage you to not do that. God's covenant is with each and every one of us. His blessings are upon us to, But the question is, do you believe it? His seed dwells in each and every one of us. If you will just believe, God will make your wrongs right. He will take your famine and make it a feast. We must believe. Believe that He is a rewarder to them that diligently seek Him. That He is a rewarder to them that diligently seek Him church, what if we would have just said, well we made it to 4th Street we made it to the Core Cultural Center on Grant we made it to Riverside Drive and we made it to Southeast Avenue God's not done now watch this, when you think you're too old to do anything for Christ. May I just remind you that Abraham, that Sarah, in their elderly age, God used them. Oh, I did that back in the day. I don't need to serve. I did that when I was 25. Why do I need to do anything for the kingdom? Well, we're not done until we're done. God has A great work for each and every one of us. We have to believe. We must believe. Believe that He is what? A rewarder to them that diligently seek Him. Turn your families around, turn this country around. It's all in God's hands. But you have to make the decision. My cousin Dave lives out in Montana. He is a farmer. And I see pictures all the time. Oh, it's time to plant seed. Now it's time to reap the harvest. Oh no, this just happened. A great wind came through and it destroyed the harvest. Storms of life are going to come. But I watched Dave this year say, I'm not giving up. I'm going to get back out. I'm going to plant more seed. Church, we can't give up. Just because this seems like a famine to us, we don't have to worry about it. God's provisions are with us, among us. He is for us. As we close, when you meet other people's needs, God has promised that He will make sure your needs are supplied. If you want to see healing and restoration come to your life, go out and help somebody else get well. I want you, if you would please, to turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 112. Psalms 112. It's just a few short verses. But I wanted to end today, I know we've we've journeyed through the Bible, but I wanted you to understand just the importance of this seed in your life. Maybe there's been abuse in your life, or maybe there's been addiction in your life. Well, the buck stops here and you tell the enemy that. No more, no more, no more. I'm receiving the covenant that is here. I'm receiving the blessing that God has for me. In the New Living Translation, it says this in Psalms 112. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Their children will be successful everywhere and an entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not. Be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. And their good deeds will be remembered forever. Are you ready? Here you go, church. Here is the finale. You, you will have influence and honor. The wicked will see this and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger. They will slink away and their hopes thwarted. How many of you today believe that you have come from the seed of Abraham? How many believe... That it doesn't matter what people have to say around you. That it says here that you're already a winner, not a whiner. That you're already a victor and you're not a victim. Amen. That you already have favor, that you are anointed. Isn't it exciting to know? Listen, you can say what you want and now I'm going to let the world know this with all humility. People have judged me. But your pastor has worked for weeks through this pandemic. Ask Ryan, CJ, and those that work for me. We are a team. I will go to work today to ensure that people stay healthy and safe. But I have had to keep things secret. I've had to say, oh, you can't have that. Who do you think you are? One man told me you will never drive a Cadillac. Well, what makes it okay for you to drive one but not me? I don't even own a Cadillac, but I'm telling you. Why is it fair? Why is it fair for people to say you can't buy that house? You can't buy that car. Your company will never make it. Your church will never make it. It says that as God starts to show provision and that as He starts to honor you that those around you will become infuriated. That means they'll be so ticked off they can't see straight. You know what that phrase actually means? This is Your pastor's interpretation. You can't see straight because you're looking in the wrong direction. If you look straight, you're looking to Calvary. You're looking to Jesus as the provider. Stop looking at other people. I don't judge you for what you have, but I'll take every blessing that God has my way because I wake up every day expecting and waiting for God's provisions in my life. And I realized that as a child of the Most High God, that God is the one that provides. So people can laugh all day long. People have come to this church and literally put my wife and I down. But they never came to me and and asked me one time if they could just clean a couple toilets with me. I would really give them the honor and pleasure. So if there's something you have to say about me... We'll just work together. Let's talk about it in the stalls of all the floors and bathrooms that Tackett's Professional Cleaning Cleans. Ryan, CJ, Glenn, Carol, Megan, Travis, my wife, we'll be happy to take you on a journey with us. It's a great journey. (laughs) It goes like, you're crazy, man. All I'm saying is when we realize who the blesser is, then we can start to live and thrive for Christ. The world wants to deceive you. The world wants to mock you. The world wants to put you down. And all I have to say is, I want the world to see that the pastor loves people and really it's been a great business God's been faithful to us I told my wife this past week I said you know I kind of want to incorporate it and, 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 and actually it makes me a little bit like I'm sweating up here because I don't talk about my business at all I don't, I, I don't combine both of them but I know through this pandemic with all the disinfecting supplies and the stuff I keep telling people that are cleaning in here Make sure you do this. And, you know, here's this disinfecting spray that I just gave around to Tracy this week. I want you to use this on everything to ensure that people's safety is our number one priority as a a church. But church, you can never reach or go to the next level until you embrace who you are in Jesus Christ. So be not deceived. For God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Stand tall, church. Stand with integrity. Forget what people have said about you. Forget how they've mocked you. And work hard to sow the seeds, not just into your life, but for generations to come. But more importantly, sowing seeds into the kingdom of heaven. That's our ultimate goal. That is our responsibility. So if you would please stand with me as the praise team comes and as we sing. I hope that you can say at the end of your life, God supernaturally multiplied my seed. And it brought me out of my need. I hope you can also say, this seed will always lead. And I realize who I am and whose I am. And because I say it all the time, I hope we can all remember who we are in Jesus Christ. We are His child. Let me pray for you and over you and with you. Father, we love you and we thank you that, Lord, today, we could just thank you for how you have provided for us. I realize that there's a drought or a famine. But, God, why do we shut you out? We don't need to shut you out. We We need to listen. I would have never thought as a teenager... And we would be cleaning companies. But God, I thank you for the great privilege. I have loved serving our communities. I have loved serving our surrounding areas. Father, I thank you for the clientele that we have. The people have been so kind and loving. So God, we are grateful for your provisions. Father, thank you for being true. You said that you will bless Abraham's seed and that it wasn't just for the Jew but it was for the Gentile it was for your children so God we we thank you that we can stand assured that Lord you will provide for us and Lord through this pandemic people have sensed blessings you've shown yourself real to them so God if somebody's struggling today God you know who they are I pray that you'll be with them that you'll show yourself to them that you'll meet their needs they understand that they are of value that they have favor so God thank you that I could be encouraged to know that God you're always working all things out for our good thank you for this church thank you for the business you provided years ago so that I could continue to preach the gospel that I'm passionate that I love thank you for allowing me to encourage people to keep pressing on to stretch to the next level to pull down the strongholds of their past to bind the curses and the negativity of their upbringing but to stand up, rise up, and run in victory. God, we love You. We thank You for today's challenge to each and every one of us. Thank You for Your Word. but Father, thank You for Your Son, Jesus Christ, who came and died, who rose the third day, and who gives us life. And if there's someone today, Father, that needs You as their Lord and Savior, may they ask You into their heart and into their life May they turn from their wicked ways. May they seek your face. And may you heal their body. Oh God, may they come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your presence today. Encourage us. In your holy name we pray. Amen.